This is an SJC Radio production. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to episode 19 of season 8 of Pit Stop. This week's episode is going to be about my trip to Silverstone for the British MotoGP. I'm going to start off uh, with the results. Um, in Moto3, that was a debut win for David Alonso. What's remarkable about that is that he started from the back of the grid. It was your typical Silverstone MotoV race, leading pack of about 10 riders. The racing was insane. Um, so that was a great start to the day. Uh, Moto2, that was actually the last race of the day. Um, Moto2, Moto2, again, that was another debut win. That was for Furman Aldegar. Um, and Moto3. Correction, MotoGP. The sprint race that was held on the Saturday. That was another debut win. This time for Alex Marquez. Zeki was second. Vinales was third. And in the main race on Sunday, um, it was a win for Alicia Spargaro. Second place was Bagnaya, and third place was Brad Binder. In terms of our predictions, um, <clears throat> they didn't go terribly well. Uh, Finn went for Bagnaya first, Bassanini second, Zarco third, or Bagnaya came second. Um, myself, <clears throat> again, like Finn, I went for Bagnaya first. Um, I went for Vinales in second and Quattararo in third. <clears throat> Quattararo, by the way, um, qualified last, uh, which is, is no great surprise. This is his worst ever qualifying position. Um, in the main race, he actually came through the field quite well. I think he was up to about, he's looking as if he's going to finish sixth or seventh. Uh, and then he had, uh, I think he ran into the back of Luca Marini. Uh, which damaged his fairing, which basically put an end to his race. Moving on to star ratings, I'm actually going to I'm going to give star ratings for all the races. Actually, uh, Moto three five stars, as I said before, typical insane Moto three race. Moto two was maybe a little bit disappointing. I mean, I mean the win for Aldegar was great. Um, you know, I think the home crowd was expecting Jake Dixon to do really well, but he had a, a d- disastrous weekend. He fell off uh, exiting the last corner in qualifying, which put him back on the grid, and I think he crashed out in the race as well. There was some good battling in the early stages. 
it turned into a fairly uneventful race. Two stars for Moto2. Moving on to MotoGP, the sprint race on the Saturday. Again, like the Moto2 race, the opening laps are very good. It settled down and, and wasn't a particularly exciting sprint race. Giving that two stars. Um, MotoGP on the Sunday, uh, this is easy. It's five stars. Quite possibly the best MotoGP race I've ever seen. Um, with a few laps to go, we had a leading group of, I think it was four riders. Really didn't know who was going to win. We had for the first time this season um, a change of lead on the last lap. Um, there wasn't a dull moment in the race. Um, when I got home, I, I watched the whole race again. Uh, I, I pity the poor people who had to edit the main race down and produce a highlights package because it was non-stop action throughout. Um, so it was an all-time classic. I think one of the reasons why it was such a good race uh, was because of the weather conditions. Um, the very cool temperatures on Sunday meant that tyre pressures weren't an issue and it's these tyre pressures which has been affecting uh, the races this season. Um, riders have found that but when they're in the group of riders their tyre pressure goes through the roof and they lose grip as a result um, and once you've lost grip you, 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 there's no way you can overtake. Sunday at Silverstone was very cool, front tyre pressures weren't an issue uh, and we ended up with fantastic racing. I think also the fact there was very little dry running as well on um, Friday and Saturday meant that maybe you know some riders bikes weren't as well tuned uh, into the conditions as, as they might have been had the conditions been better throughout the weekend. Moving on to awards, best ride, I'm gonna, this is going to be open to all classes, best ride, I mean you might argue that David Alonso started from the back of Moto3, he's obviously a contender for best ride, having said that he did make up a lot of his places on the first lap. Best ride, well, it's got to be Alicia Spargaro uh, for his first win of the season. Um, he, he's overtaken for the lead uh, on the Inter Maggots. That, that, that uh, was quite a, a ballsy move. Um, just great to see Alicia Spargaro back on the sort of form we, we saw last season. Other contenders for best ride, you could argue Alex Marquez for his uh, win in the sprint race. Um, you could argue also Furman Eldegar for his first ever win. I think he's a bit lucky, Furman Eldegar, because uh, Acosta, who finished second, had a was carrying an injured foot, so he wasn't on the best of form. Um, Alonso Lopez on the other speed up bike, he crashed out. Biggest surprise of the weekend, you could argue Quattro qualifying last. That was a big surprise. Um, I would, you, you, I'm tempted to go for the performance of Augusto Fernandez, qualified fourth. Um, he did fade in both races, however. Um, oh, I almost forgot. It has got to be Miguel Oliveira on the satellite uh, Aprilia. Um, who qualified 16th, um, but finished fourth uh, in the main race. And in fact, at one stage, he looked as if he might win the race. Um, I remember during the race, um, we were so fixated on Bagnaya and Espargaro and Vinales and Rins. Correction, 
being Dernat Renz. We didn't really notice Oliveira coming through the field. And all of a sudden, he was on the back of them. So, no-brainer, Oliveira, surprise of the race. Biggest disappointment. Well, I think it's got to be Fabio Quattararo, who, who I actually predicted would, would uh, podium. Um, I think what is surprising, or what's disappointing for Quattararo, is that his bike was slower this year than it was last year. So at tracks on which the Yamaha went really well last year, it's not going at all well this year. So the performance of the Hondas, another disappointment, but they've been disappointing all season. Uh, Mark Marquez, I think maybe after his crash at the Sashen Ring a few rounds ago, he's decided he's, he's not going to risk everything on a bike which, which simply isn't competitive. So it's, it's a little bit sad that we got a, a Mark Marquez who perhaps wisely isn't going to take any risks. You could, you could also argue Jake Dixon's performance was a disappointment as well. I think we'll go for Quattararo on that one. Another category here, best piece of paddock gossip. Now, I think it was the last episode we did, my brother and I were talking at length about what we call the silly season, the rumours surrounding who's going where next year. Really interesting piece of gossip. Um, I heard, I think it, I think this is from Neil Hodgson, um, is that Mark Marquez, the rumour going around the paddock is Mark Marquez is going to Grassini next year. And, and that makes a lot of sense in some respects. You've got his brother, Alex Marquez, in the team already. It's a Ducati, which Marquez really, really wants to be on. And, and there's no way Marquez is going to win a championship on the Honda. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, at all surprised, if that if that happens. I want to talk a little bit about my personal experiences of the Silverstone Motor GP. Everything, things that I, I saw and heard and experienced. Um, I think what I would say is that the weekend was a character building one purely because of the weather. I'm going to start off with Friday. Um, I departed for Silverstone at midday on Friday. Journey normally takes two hours. It took three hours, but I guess that's down to Friday afternoon traffic. When I got to uh, the campsite, I camped in the Silverstone, Silverstone Golf Camping. Um, once I set my tent up, went into the circuit. I caught the end of free practice. Watched that from uh, from the entrance into Club Corner. What amazed me about that, even though I've seen MotoGP bikes many, many times, I've rarely spectated at a slow corner. And what amazed me was the, how far the riders were, were leading over around that, that, that tight veil club complex. It was quite extraordinary. And the day went back to my campsite uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find my tent. I made the stupid mistake of, of not making a sort of mental note of which row my tent was in. Didn't think I needed to do that because I knew roughly where it was. But of course, it's a huge campsite, thousands of tents. It took me an awful long time to find my tent. Uh, Friday night um, was cold. I mean, normally when I, when I go camping, I pack, I normally take a sleeping bag and a duvet, but I was thinking, hell, it's 
the summer. The nights aren't going to be cold. Sleeping bag will suffice. Uh, sleeping bag did not suffice. Um, so that that was that was a bit of a that was a bit rubbish basically. Saturday morning started off with uh, breakfast in the Silverstone Golf Club. That was very good. Um, six six piece fried breakfast plus unlimited tea and coffee, which is amazing. Um, the weather obviously was horrendous. Um, I, I, I did bring the right kit and I was well, I had waterproofs. When I got to the track though, I had to buy a poncho to put on top of my waterproof because it was so unbelievably wet. I have to say that for, for most of Saturday, all I could think about was, was having a hot bath. Thank goodness this year, the MotoGP moved its paddock from um, the old paddock between Woodcote and Cops down to the new Formula One paddock. Now, when I first heard they were doing that, I was a bit disappointed because I thought that would take away a, a lot of the atmosphere um, because the, 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 the old paddock, you, you could get really close to um, everything where, where the old paddock was. And I said, there's a really nice atmosphere and a, a good vibe about it and, and what have you. I thought by moving down to the F1 paddock, the spectators would be more distance, more distance from the, the paddock and the riders and so on. But what it did mean is we had the, the new Silverstone paddock, the, the, the Silverstone wing, it has a large atrium uh, where, where the fan zone is. Uh, and what, what it meant was it was a dry, a large dry indoor space. Without that large dry indoor space, I think Saturday would have been unbearable because the conditions were horrendous. So what I did was base myself basically in the fan zone, in the dry, and then I'd pop out of the fan zone. So um, to, to Abbey Corner, or I might wander up to um, the village loop complex to watch qualifying and then, then go back, back into the, the fan zone afterwards to, to dry off. So that, that really was a, a godsend. Um, Things I saw um, qualifying too for the MotoGP, I, I watched that from Abbey, um, from the inside of Abbey. Uh, I saw Alex Marquez and Luca Marini high side. Uh, in fact, Alex Marquez, just before he high sided, I noticed he was leaning over more than the other riders into Abbey. He was obviously trying to push it a bit. The rear end then gave way and, and he was flung off the bike. Now, standing on the inside of Abbey, uh, I'm also uh, right next to and looking down on the, the pit lane exit. And then I saw Alex Marquez running down pit lane to get back to the pits to, to get on um, his spare bike. So that, that was quite funny. Um, we had some races on the Saturday. We had two Moto E races. I've never seen Moto E before in the flesh. Um, race one was uh, full of incident, hugely entertaining, um, uh, and race two, yeah, race two was a pretty good race as well. I actually watched race two from, where did I watch that from? I think I watched it from the exit of Stowe, between Stowe and the Vale anyway. Um, Saturday evening, uh, I went back into the circuit uh, to watch the Kaiser Chiefs in concert, uh, and they were excellent well saturday night 
I, I bin the tent because it was too cold. I thought I'll sleep in the back of my car. I've done that before. It's going to be warmer. Unfortunately, Saturday night was even colder than Friday night. Uh, so that, that, that wasn't great. Um, Sunday was very cool. I, I wore a light jumper. I am denied about should I wear a gilet as well. I mean, this is August. In the end, I, I, I decided to wear my gilet. Thank goodness I did, because even with my jumper and gilet on, um, it was still very, very cool indeed. Um, I watched all the races from the same spot, actually, um, from the inside of Village. Correction. He watched the Moto2 race from Brooklyn's at the end of the Wellington Strait. So I had a big screen behind me. What I realized is when you go to these races, you've got to have access to, it, to access to a big screen. Big screen behind me and in front of me was um, a Village and the Loop. So that's that really, really slow complex. That's turns three and four. Um, it's where all the action takes place, really. I saw loads of overtaking. So you have overtaking maneuvers into Village Corner both on the inside and the outside. And, and surprisingly, a lot of overtaking maneuvers in the very short distance between Village and the Loop. Um, so I saw lots and lots of action. Or I saw uh, in Moto3, saw Masia go down, of course. Uh, in the MotoGP, um, I saw Quattararo hit uh, Marini. I also saw from my vantage point both Mark Marquez and Pazeki um, on the back of scooters being taken back uh, to uh, the paddock after their respective crashes uh, in the main race. I spent most of the GP praying that Bagnaia wouldn't win. I mean, for me, a good mo nothing against Bagnaia, he's a brilliant rider, but for me, a good motor G GP is one that Bagnaia doesn't win. And what was slightly frustrating during the race is when I think it was the Spargaro, Vinales, um, Binder. They kept on battling amongst themselves. And whilst they're battling amongst themselves, it was allowing Bagnaia to, to get away a bit. And I found that quite frustrating. With Bagnaia, you've got to keep the pressure on. Uh, thankfully, Bagnaia was unable to get away. And as I said before, Spargaro uh, took the lead on the last lap. But it was an incredibly exciting race and, and quite a tense race as well because everyone around me as well was praying that somebody would be able to mount a challenge to Adnaya. Uh, and thankfully, as I said, that did happen. Um, another aspect that uh, surprised me was the, the cost of the food. Um, so, so there was a huge amount of choice uh, of food. Um, I decided on Sunday to buy kind of a pat lunch so I went to the fan zone and I bought two little packs of sandwiches, a can of Coke, small chocolate bar and a packet of crisps. That cost me £18. So that, that was a little bit of a shock to the system. Um, that's kind of what you expect to pay uh, when you go to any, any sporting event. Um, after the race, um, like last year, there was a scheduled track walk. Um, last year, we walked from Brooklands uh, back down to the Vale. So we did half the circuit. And this year, I was hoping to do the other half of the circuit. Unfortunately, th this didn't really happen. I think the track walk 
was just limited to a very small section of the track. I, I positioned myself. I decided to walk round to Cops Corner, hoping to start the track walk there. In fact, I watched the the second British Talent Cup race uh, from there, which which was actually very entertaining. Um, and I thought, well, okay, any second now. It was scheduled for. I think it was. I think it was ten to five. It was scheduled for, and and it never seemed to happen. So I walked back from Cops all the way back down to Club Corner. Instead of walking on the track itself, I just walked, you know, walked back the ordinary way around the outside, which is a bit disappointing. And I asked one of the sort of marshals there, I asked one of the officials there, you know, what's happened to the track walk? And he told me that, oh, it's just one small section of the track, which I guess must have been probably from the village down to Brooklands or something. So that, that, was, a, that was a disappointment. But all in all, character building weekend because of the weather. But would I go again next year? Absolutely. Would I camp in Silverstone camping next year? Absolutely. In terms of cost, the campsite, I mean, I camp for two nights. I could have camped for four nights. £150 for the campsite, four nights camping. I think it's pretty good value. Race ticket, I think it was about £100. Again, that's for three days. So... The whole thing cost me about £250. Uh, food, I reckon I spent probably over £100. Um, so we're talking about, I don't know, £350 all told. Yes, I would do it again next year. Um, however, the chance of seeing a better race than this year's, uh, I think are going to be pretty slim. So that pretty much wraps up my Silverstone MotoGP experience. There was some other racing over the weekend. Um, one of my favourite um, categories is the IMSA Championship uh, in America. That is the American version of the WEC uh, from Road America, uh, an event which I went to about nine years ago. I went to the IMSA race at Road America. Really pleased that it was a win for Penske Porsche simply because the Porsche 963 is my favourite car, mainly because it reminds me from the front of the Porsche 962, which is my all-time favourite. I haven't seen the race yet. Um, when the they, they, they IMSA put the, the full race on YouTube, that hasn't appeared yet. I will be watching that. Uh, very pleased to hear that it was largely caution-free. So I, I will be watching that, but really happy with the result. I did watch on YouTube the brief um, IndyCar highlights from Nashville. That was a win for Kyle Kirkwood. Um, after I really enjoy uh, IndyCar. The races seem to be action-packed. You never know who's going to win. I think IndyCar proves to me that I still like single-seater racing. I mean, as you probably know, I have very little interest in Formula One. I don't watch Formula One. In terms of this weekend, what's coming up, um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of racing going on, but the one event I'm most interested in is the Thruxton British Superbikes. Um, I'm not gonna go to that, uh, having just been to Silverstone last weekend, but my brother, Stephen, he is going. The forecast is good, thankfully. Last year's British Superbike round at Thruxton produced some of the best racing I've ever seen. We had the three Yamahas, actually, um, you know, battling uh, you know, to the line in, I think in, in all three of them, in, in, in both the races. 
the, the racing was sensational. If it's half as good as it was last year, it should be amazing. So I'm looking forward to hearing from my brother all about that. I will be watching it live on Eurosport, of course. That pretty much wraps up this week's episode. Apologies for it being a monologue, but uh, both Joe and Finn are away on holiday. They'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. I know Joe is very, very keen to talk about WRC. Um, and I expect uh, by then we would have had at least another round of, of the MotoGP. And a- imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Of course, I'll be talking all about that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started. So head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well.